covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network. MWSN.net. It's episode 173 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And our special guest is Trace Fowler of Chatterbox Sports. We're talking about the beginnings of the company, Trace's involvement in Chatterbox Sports, and of course, local sports on this edition of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. Let's begin the fourth year of this podcast on the right foot. Like I mentioned, we got an interview with Trace Fowler in just a little bit. But first... It's time for Mowen's Mailbag. That's right. Some questions turned into the mailbag after episode 172 in the live stream on 12 Ounce Sports. And they're from my good friend and loyal fan of the podcast in Matt Morris. He sends in two on this episode 173 and we'll cover the first one. What are the chances that Dayton will get a pro hockey or pro soccer team the next five to ten years? Well, this is a question that pops up often just because you know Dayton has a rich history of minor league sports in the Gem City. Well, the first thing that has to happen is a suitable stadium. Where pro hockey, you'll need to build one. And pro soccer, you probably should build one. Although, you know, the Dayton Dynamo's second year at Roger Glass Stadium, home of the Chaminade Julian Eagles, I like that setup. But if you're talking you want lots of fans, then you might have to build one. So the big question is, will we see a new arena or new stadium in five to ten years? Uh, I, I, I like to see one happen, but I, I don't see it happening in the immediate future, maybe towards the cusp of five years. What would that be? July, 2025, maybe then, I don't know. I I'd love to see it happen, but I'm not sure. So I know my answer has always been based on when, we get a suitable stadium, that's when the team should come. You know, it's like that quote in Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will ask for archway cookies and a beer. No, I'm sorry, that's not the right quote. If you build it, they will come, of course. But there you go. So 
will we see a pro team in Dayton again? I say yes, but we need the building first. Second question, and this is about my alma mater, Wright State University. If Wright State were to ever get Division I football sanctioning, do you think that the Pioneer Football League would be a good fit for the Raiders? I figure with the non-scholarship aspect of the conference that it would be, but I just wanted to hear your opinion on the subject. Okay, first off, I think that everyone knows that I love me some Wright State Raiders, and I was always fine with the fact there's no football on campus. Yes, there's football now. It's club football, which... You know, there's no sponsorships. Players have to pay for their own gear and everything. It's a club, but it's still a sport that deserves the attention of the Wright State students, faculty, staff, and alums. And it's definitely a team I cover a bunch. Although I'm not sure how much we're going to cover this fall, thanks to, you know, the dreaded coronavirus and the quarantine continuing to affect collegiate sports. Just a quick touch-up on that. The A-10 has already pushed fall sports to spring 2021. The Horizon League has, right now, said that fall sports won't start until October 1st, but I foresee that being a spring 2021 thing as well. I believe the MAC has a later start date right now. I don't believe they pushed the whole thing. And, you know, I'm not sure on the status of the American Athletic Conference, nor the Big East. I haven't seen a lick on that, so I can't tell you about Cincinnati nor Xavier. So, yeah, uh, the Ohio Athletic Conference, which is Division Three, and Wilmington Quakers are your representative in southwest Ohio. I was about to say Mount St. Joseph, but no, that's the heartland. And I believe both of them have said no fall sports, wait till spring 21. So, there you go. Wright State to get Division I football. A lot of things need to happen. I like Mulholland Field, and when I went to school at Wright State, it was just a big patch of woods. Uh, you, you need a bigger stadium. You need far more stands. You need adequate locker rooms. You need you need a football stadium, and I I don't really see that happening, especially with you know the budget issues happening in Wright State right now, and you know Wright State still has to get how many sports do they need to maintain D one status. I think they need a couple again because they're under the line, but they applied for the waiver. Like what was it, Central Michigan? Was that Eastern Michigan? One of the Michigans. So. Right now, Wright State needs to worry about getting a couple more sports back, and hopefully we see the return of softball, but, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. But let's say, yes, that happens. Wright State does get a football stadium that's adequate. Uh, Yes, I think the Pioneer Football League would be a nice fit for the Raiders I mean, you got a conference throw about 20 minutes away at Welcome Stadium, the Dayton Flyers. But would Dayton accept it? I'm not sure. So, I mean, the non-scholarship aspect, yeah, I think that would fit Wright State nicely. Um, But, you know, I don't know if I see football ever happening at Wright State. And like I mentioned, I'm okay with that. 
You know, football is a great sport. I follow the Flyers, the Bearcats, the Red Hawks. And you know what? I follow the Raiders club team. I wish Xavier would get their club team back. Miami's got a club team. I don't think Cincinnati has a club football team. And I don't think NKU does either. And I follow all the D2 and Division Three football squads, as you know, during the season. And like I said, I'd be fine if Wright State didn't have a football team. But if things fell that way where Wright State did get an adequate football stadium and the proper coaching staff. Yeah, I think the Pioneer League would be a nice fit. The funny thing about the Pioneer Football League is it spans from, I think Dayton is the northmost team in the PFL, and you have a lot of teams down south. You have Campbell. You used to have Jacksonville. I was thinking about the Dolphins like, oh, yeah, their team doesn't exist anymore. And then you got San Diego, California. So, uh, yeah, prepare for a hefty football traveling tag if you're in the Pioneer Football League, but I don't know whatever league Wright State would be in to accommodate football. I don't see them going to the MAC for that, although Wright State-Miami Conference Series, that'd be nice in all sports. So, yeah, if Wright State did get all their eggs in the basket for football, I think Pioneer Football League would be probably the better fit. I I mean, the Missouri... Try to think if Youngstown State football is scholarship, and I think it is. If Wright State went the scholarship way, I think the Missouri Valley Football Conference would be nice. And there were always talks about Wright State moving on from the Horizon League, but, you know... Nothing has come up to that, and I think those rumors will probably die down because, again, Wright State needs a couple more teams to stay afloat in Division One, which is a sad situation, but I, I, I don't see it being a big problem. I think Wright State will stay Division One, and you know, they'll get things back on track. This whole quarantine of the coronavirus has thrown the whole country for a loop. No questions about that, but... Yeah, those things have to happen, and then maybe you can talk football. I don't see it happening, not right away. Maybe 20 years onwards, maybe that'll be a thing, but you know, don't expect it anytime soon. So thank you, Matt Morris. Appreciate those questions for Malin's Mailbag. If you have any questions of your own that you'd like answered on this podcast, the easiest way is Twitter at SundayPod or the Lee W. Mowen on Facebook, on Instagram. By the way, follow the new Instagram account for this podcast. It's SundayPod, and that's where all the new shiny episode arts go. I'm quite proud of the first one I did for the Retro Bowl interview, the, the a three-year celebration one, and... Eh. It was about a five-minute job. It probably looks like it was a five-minute job. But there you go. Go follow the new Instagram accounts. And now on the phone, we have Trace Fowler of Chatterbox Sports. Trace, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Trying to survive this quarantine, as I'm sure everyone is. Uh, hope you're doing all right during this uh, dry spell of sports. Yeah, it's pretty rough there for a while. I I think the first month of quarantine, um, it kind of was so fresh that it didn't really hit you. And then I think once maybe 25, 30 days wore off, it was, uh, 
it was tough, you know. I mean, I I tried to keep perspective um, and realize that I didn't have it as difficult as others, obviously. But you know, when you take something away that you love, genuinely love, um, and not only do you do it for a living, but then you take it away just to be able to watch it as a hobby. Um, you know, depression's a strong word. I won't say that I got there, but I certainly was mentally. Uh, it got to me a little bit, but um, I'm starting to feel good again now that. Baseball's back. That helps. And I'm hopeful that the fall season will happen. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, quarantine was tough. Yeah, it, it is nice to see the Reds back and FC Cincinnati back. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice that we're finally starting to get sports back, and hopefully that means we, we can get back to work. So. Yeah. so let's begin. Trace, where are you from? I'm actually from Hamilton, um, right down in near Cincinnati. Um, and essentially was born and raised there, graduated from Hamilton high and, and, uh, went off to school and then actually lived away from, away from Hamilton, I guess you will for about, for about 10 years. And then, um, had a few kids and came back and, and, uh, been here for about four or five years since. So don't know, don't know if I'll, you know, be here for, for the rest of my life. It's hard to say, but, but, uh, but Hamilton's, yeah, I've been home for me for quite some time. And it's your childhood home, and you're back in the big city in Butler County. That's right. So how yeah. did you first get into sports? I pretty much grew up with sports my whole life. I I, uh, I started playing when I was young, and uh, I wouldn't say I was good, but I certainly was one thing that I excelled at, and I, I feel like I had some success. So I I pretty much played that all the way up into, into high school. Um and then once I, I finished high school, I was fortunate enough to play collegiately. And then once I got done playing college, I actually coached for a year. And, and um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, my whole life literally has been around sports and, and, and I'm there for a short amount of time, for about two to three, four years, I guess, in the workforce. Uh, as soon as I got out of school, I went and got a kind of a corporate job. Um, sports was, was gone, um, at least participating in it. And that was a big void for me. Felt like it just wasn't. You know, it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. So, of course, I found I found a back doorway of trying to figure out how I could get back into it. And, and lo and behold, here I am. I'm right back into sports. So and I'm I'm thankful for that. Where did you play uh, collegiately in what sport? I played baseball. Um, people always ask me you know, they think I'm a baseball guy. I, I am. I, I, I guess I'd say I'm a baseball guy, but I, my first love was basketball. Um, mm. and I've, I've always loved basketball, so I don't. I, I say that just because I typically tell people I played collegiately base, collegiate baseball and they'll just assume that, you know, that's my, my biggest love. Um, but I played, uh, I've actually played at Sinclair. This is a kind of a, a quick, funny story. I played at Sinclair, um, had some success there, and then I ended up um, deciding to play at Urbana. Um, and oddly enough, during the quarantine, it, it took both of uh, both of those programs down. So I, I joke that, you know, my kids won't even believe that I played in college anymore because I don't know if they'll even exist by the time they uh, get old enough to know what's going on. So um, so somewhat sad on that front. But, yeah, that's 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 where I went. That's how I got into sports. That's uh, that's where I played collegiately. And both uh, suffered a bit. Sinclair's not going to have sports until next school year, 2021-22, and Urbana shut their doors forever. I mean, that that had to be a big loss for you, knowing that your alma mater wasn't going to be around anymore. 
Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I don't want to make it sound ter- too terribly too terribly sad. I, I I honestly, it's it's not a big deal. I have the memories that I have, you know, and um, I have the friendships that I gained from those. So, you know, not selfishly speaking, I got out of it what I wanted to get out of it, or I, I guess you'd say. But but as far as Sinclair goes, that's kind of more of the the, the bigger disappointment, just simply because. You know that that was a that was a great program. We, I was at the ground level of that program and actually coached there while while Coach Dedman was building that up to some success. And for those that don't know, you know, just up there in Dayton and Sinclair, um, you know, Coach Dedman pretty much built from the ground up a nationally ranked elite elite program at the at the collegiate uh, junior college level, um, which is very good baseball. Um, so. I don't know. You said they'll come back next year. I don't want to. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. And this is definitely no insider knowledge on my end. I just don't think that. Uh, I don't think they'll bring sports back at Sinclair for quite some time. I think that it was a it was a it was a decision strategically from a financial standpoint, personally. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that they had they had an excuse with the coronavirus. And I, I, you know, I know that's not uh, that's certainly not making it look good on Sinclair's part, but that's kind of how I feel about it. So we'll see. I hope you're right. That's all. That's all I'll say. I hope they do bring sports back next year, but we will, uh, we will see as they say. Not to sound arrogant, but I hope I'm right on that count too, just because there was a rumor that Sinclair was looking at, uh, a lot of land to build a baseball stadium and possibly softball right by the campus. So no more trips from Dayton to Xenia, but you are right. Yes, I, and I think that kind of got nixed as well when all this started to happen. And I, again, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make this uh, too big of a Debbie Downer of a podcast here. But I, I, I don't, uh, I don't have high hopes for that. If it happens, great. I'll be, I will be super excited. But if, if it doesn't, then it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, I kind of seen that coming. So here's hoping, though. Here's hoping. You mentioned yep. Trace that sports has been part of your life you know since the beginning when did you decide you wanted to start covering sports well i i've always been an entrepreneur or at least entrepreneurial spirit um and i I started an organization or i guess a company called one pride publishing which really was uh, just uh, just we developed local magazines we started one in hamilton we had some success uh then we did one in fairfield had success there and then we did one in middletown so we were we we're pretty much running a full-fledged business um, from from just producing magazines. As a part of that, we would do local stories on on athletes and things of that nature. But you know, we weren't in sports. And I'd say uh, I'd say once we had some success, we had some foundation beneath us. We had some capital to be able to put behind a, behind a, a company. Um, I then decided, hey, let's 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 go for this because I felt like there was a void. Um, at least a little bit of a niche and a void in high school sports from a coverage standpoint, the way that we wanted to do it, mm. um, which is probably not the traditional way that's always been done, but, but it's the way that I felt like we could, we could find some success. We could find ways to, you know, monetize it, to make it to where we could turn it into a full-time, full-time deal. And um, I'd say that happened. That decision was made, believe it or not, probably two and a half years ago. Um, we decided we were going to do it. And from there it was about basically building the foundation for about a year and a half. And then I think last year, uh, last July we launched, um, announced that we were going to go and, and start, start covering sports. So that's kind of a good, I guess, uh, timeline of, of the way things went down. 
Take me through the process on building Chatterbox Sports. I'd say uh, building it was 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 nothing more than just having a quick, uh, you know, a vision, and then trying to find a few good people that 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 also could buy into that vision. Um, and really, it was myself, Sean Spurlock, um, and then really we brought on our first full-time guy, which was Reed Mouse, and he he took a chance and left. Um, left kind of like the uh, northwest Ohio area um, to come to come down. So I don't know. I, I, I guess from a building perspective, I don't I don't ever really look at it like it was a, a huge monumental task. Personally, I think it was more of like, hey, let's just uh, let's get a quick foundational knowledge of what we want. I'm not a big planner. I don't think that I, I don't think that it's a good idea to always spend all of your time trying to guess what you're going to do. Um, I'm more of the mindset of, Hey, let's go out and do it. And if it works great, let's do it again. If it doesn't work, that's fine. We'll figure out something else that does work. And I think that's kind of how our first entire year went was kind of like a -a whack-a-mole, if you will. We (laughs) we were just all over the place trying to figure out what we were going to do, what we were going to have success with. And I think ultimately that kind of led into finding out what we did well. And that was live streaming and, and some other things that we did, that we did pretty well. How'd you get the name for Chatterbox Sports? Good question. Um, truthfully, I think it was just a natural progression to get there. Um, it was we, we we wanted to to kind of make the name relatively quick or relatively easy to remember. Um, and there was an old bar, I will say, in Hamilton that its name was Chatterbox. Um, I don't think it came from that, but it maybe subliminally came from that, I guess, you know, I don't want to say that it didn't have any influence at all, but, uh, but yeah, I just liked the sound of it. I guess we, we all thought it sounded pretty clean and crisp to be able to say it easily. And it was relatively rememberable. I don't think there's anyone in this area that, that kind of has any, even, even any kind of business function named chatterbox. So, um, yeah, that's. We went with it. We didn't give it a, too much of thought. It certainly wasn't like the uh, the the brain power of the Washington uh, football team. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank goodness that's only a temporary name. I hope it's a temporary <laughs> name. Please. Yeah. You you but mentioned so. you mentioned a couple names. Uh, who all helps out with Chatterbox? We have a lot of people that help. I mean, I we, we only have three full time people right now. Uh, I expect that to to, to move in the positive direction in the future here as hopefully as we get sports back and we, we need them back. But, um, but, uh, realistically, like I said, myself, Sean and Reed, were kind of full-time guys, but then we've had guys that, that really, whether they're looking to kind of do this, uh, from a moonlight perspective, or if they're looking at it to do it, to try to expedite their, their careers, or just, they look at us like kind of like a minor league place to, to come and, and be able to get their chance to go somewhere else. We've had, uh, I'd say, up to 20 to 30 people that genuinely help us on a relatively consistent basis. A few of those guys have jumped on early, Justin Thomas, uh, Nathaniel Hipsley, Jeff Kim. Um, those three names kind of stand out quickly. We've, we've had some other folks like Alex Gray come on board and, and help us. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to take care of those guys if we make it. You know, That's one thing that I care about deeply is we've had a lot of people – a lot of people that have that have been instrumental in our success and helped us, and um, you know we're trying to always add people and trying to find good talent and and, and not only that but just people that care. You know I, I think that's the most important thing is people that care about 
not only the job they do, but also the job they can do for the kids in the school. So we're having some success. It's just a matter of if, if, um, if we can continue to grow on it, maybe we'll add more full-time people soon. But, but I'd say as far as many, as how many people help us, it's, it's a lot, man. I'm 20 to 30 people that, that help us, uh, um, with the live streaming and, and everything else we do. Did you ever think that you'd have that many people help out when you first started Chatterbox Sports? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think so. If you had to ask me like point blank before we started, I don't think so. But I think it, it it's uh, the good thing about building something is, is that as, <clears throat> as you see that you need help, you, you know, you basically can search for it and find it. And we've been lucky enough to find some good people. And I've, I've, I'm not, um, not that I have a secret recipe, but. I feel like I found a good way of finding good talent and, and adding to it relatively quickly and easily. And, um, you know, a lot of it's just, just keeping an eye on who's, who's in the, the realm of high school sports or in the realm of, of caring about high school sports and just reaching out from there. So I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I, I envision chatterbox growing. So I, I say at this point, i nothing will surprise me. I mean, I like that recipe. You look for good people that care about what they do, and then you care about the people that work for you. So I, I think that's definitely a great foundation to build upon. Yeah, I think that's the only way to to build a, a healthy culture is to give autonomy, one, let people do what they do. Um, if they've proven they can have success before, then then give them the chance to do that. And and then from there, just giving them a good platform to do it on, right? And I think that's my main focus is to give people that want to do the things they love to do, give them an incredible platform to do it on. I've always said, and this is taking nothing away from writers or, or talent, but you know, I've always said that you know, a lot of the beat writers that you see that are famous, they're, they're built based off the, the backbone and the platform that they, they write on. It's not that they have an unbelievable talent. Of course, you every, every so often you'll have someone that does have an amazing talent. But I would argue, and, and I'm sure that some would say that I'm, I'm definitely wrong, and that's fine. That's their opinion. But if you're going to write for USA Today, right, as a columnist or whatever it may be, you're probably talented. But there's probably a guy in Toledo, Ohio, or, or you know, somewhere in South Carolina or wherever else that's just as talented, but just doesn't have that platform. So, you know, I, I, my goal is to give people a great platform to, to be able to have people see their talent and then expand upon it. And hopefully one day... Um, you know, instead of leaving us, we're doing so well to where we just keep and hire our own talent. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But that's kind of the philosophy behind people coming and helping and the philosophy behind, you know, what I think why we've had success, people coming and staying with us. So, In terms of covering schools and sports, what services does Chatterbox Sports provide? Chatterbox, I mean, most people obviously know who we are, what we do in our area. We, we do cover local high school sports for the vast majority of what we do. I've given the opportunity for a few guys to, to write about collegiate and pro things, but for, for, for the vast, vast majority of what we do, um, you know, it's basically live streaming high school sports. And then also maybe some photography that goes along with that. Bailey Osborne, the guy that I failed to mention earlier, but he's, he's been an incredible, incredible guy to come on board with us as well. And, and uh, he, he, he does a great job of getting still images. And ultimately, I think that you know, live streaming is, is, is who we are and what we will do. Um, I think this upcoming year, if we get a chance to do it, 
I think last year we kind of uh, were the new kids on the block and everybody's like, oh, yeah, they seem to do a pretty good job. But this year I think that uh, it's a whole nother step and it's a whole nother leap. I think it's a it's a giant leap if we're able to take it. And we'll see. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm hopeful that we'll get sports to be able to prove it. So I'm hoping so, too. Now, what are some of the schools in the sports that you get to cover on the platform? Platform wise, um, schools schools are going to be we, we've we've kind of decided to try to do partnerships this year, uh, mm-hmm. which is si- simply the idea of you know seven hundred WLW is a partner with the Reds, and you know that if the Reds are playing, there's a chance that you could probably turn on seven hundred WLW and listen to the game. Right? It's an easy way to understand who's with who and what's with what, and you can kind of easily make the reference of all right, this game's on. I can watch it on here. Similar, and I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but Notre Dame fans there for a long time. It's like, okay, the game's on. It's probably on NBC. Um, And that's just because there's a natural relationship there. I think we're trying to do the same thing with schools. Um, Those 11 schools are are out of three different leagues. The Mm -hmm. SWAC is one. Uh, The SWAC, Southwest Ohio uh, Conference, is going to be Harrison as a partner school. Edgewood's a partner school. Ross is a partner school, and Talawanda's a partner school. Um, so those four four schools um, we have out of the SWAC, out of the GMC, is probably our our, our biggest league that we cover. It's going to be Hamilton, Middletown, Fairfield, Lakota East, Lakota West, and Oak Hills. Um, so that's six six to ten teams there in that league. And then lastly, we are going to get ourselves in the GCL here at some point. And uh, we, we, we started with Baden just because we're headquartered out of Hamilton, obviously. Mm. So it was an easy relationship there. But, you know, the Fenwicks, the Alters, um, certainly the GCL South, I think at some point we'll, we'll, we'll make our way there. And, and, and hopefully we can get some relationships with just the leagues in general uh, instead of it being kind of like a, an a la carte school-based type thing. So we'll see how that goes. But those are the 11 schools that we will be covering this year pretty pretty heavily. Majority of those are in Butler County. I think Oak Hills is closer to Cincinnati than all those, yeah. but still, yeah. big schools and great programs, and it's got to be a lot of fun. Just the the transition from some of the schools in the SWAC to you know the GMC, and you hear about all the fireworks and trying to battle with the Coleraine Cardinals, and you got the Fairfield Indians, of course. Hamilton had a nice year last year too. I mean, that's a lot of great schools. That's a lot. That's a big scope. It is a big scope. I, I think it's a big responsibility, too, because I think as, as crazy as it may seem, um, some people question, yeah, you're out in the SWAC. It's a bunch of small schools. But I'm here to tell you that, 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 to be quite frank with you, the fan bases from those programs in the SWAC almost are just as big as the fan bases in some of the larger schools. And I'm not going to throw names out there, but but I genuinely mean that. Your Harrisons, your Rosses, your Edgewoods, and, and, and I didn't really get a chance to be at Talawanda as much as, as I would have liked to last year, but you know, they brought crowds and, and they care about their high school sports. So those leagues, um, you know, or I guess those schools are, are, are all small in nature for sure. The, the, maybe perhaps the, the product on the field isn't as high of a level as you would see in the GMC, but, uh, but from a caring standpoint, fan base standpoint, they are, they are a hundred percent there. And then from our end, you know, I, I, I grew up playing in the GMC. I watched a lot of GMC stuff when I grew up, you know, cause I was a fan of Hamilton and, um, so I, I'm, I'm relatively familiar with the talent that exists within, within, you know, your GCL South and your GMCs. Um, that said too, I lived up in Dayton for about 10 years. Um, 
and I'm relatively obviously familiar with the G-Walk. So, um, I mean, I worked at Sinclair Community College, believe it or not, for, for, for three years, three or four years, whatever that number would may be in my head. But, but ultimately, um, you know, I'm relatively familiar with that league and, and I'm not forecasting the future, but trust me, there would be nothing more that I would love to do than, than to move my way right up the, right up the 75 corridor there to, 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 to the, to the G-Walk. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the scope and the, the idea of who we are and what we do and who we cover. Well, as a fellow Daytonian, I'd say, you know, when you come up, that'd be nice, and we welcome you aboard. Uh, going back to the schools, though, I mean, small school, big school, it doesn't matter. They're still athletes. There's still a loyal fan base behind them, and it's still good sports. I mean, yep. the, the Southwest Ohio Conference, that's stemming off from the ginormous Foreign Ancient Valley Conference from days gone by, and that's pretty much, you know, a bigger ver- it was a bigger version of the G Walk, and can you believe the G Walks down to what is it now eight teams? <laughs> yeah, it seems like they've kind of dwindled dwindled that league down there. At one point, when I was up there living there, it seemed like you know seemed like half the half the state was a part of the G Walk. Um, From t- but it, I, I, I actually don't mind it. I don't know how you feel about it. I I think that it's nice to have a league to where to where you, you have a lot of familiarity and uh, it doesn't seem like there's a bunch of different divisions and you're trying to figure out the whole the whole situation of who's who and what side's what and all that. But but you might feel differently. I, I, I don't mind either. I mean, the 20 teams, I mean, that was pretty fun to watch, but the eight teams now, I mean, it's easier to follow. You don't have American West, National North or West, whatever it was. Right. Um, so I don't mind that at all. It just... I just find it interesting how much the G-Walk has shifted. There's no more Fort Ancient Valley Conference anymore. It's split between the Southwest Ohio Conference and the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. I mean, Lebanon's now in the ECC now, away from the G-Walk. And I think for me, I don't care what I'm covering school-wise or sport-wise. I just, I like seeing the changes of the conferences and seeing, you know, how one improves and how one deals with the loss of a team. I mean, the SWAC just lost Little Miami back to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, the SWAC is obviously fighting to try to keep school. I mean, they're down to six, so it's not like there's a significant amount of schools in that league either. And I, I'm sure they're trying to poach away people. I'm not saying that I know for sure, but I, I would I would just guess based off proximity and, and strength of talent within within that school district would be Monroe. I would see a school like Monroe. I'm trying to get them on board. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I, like you said before, the good news is it doesn't matter what league any of these schools play in. They still have the same fan bases. They still care, care just as much. And, and the talent level typically stays right around the same, no matter what league someone plays in. Um, but, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, it's, it is wild. Things change pretty quickly in high school sports, or at least even in sports in general. I mean, you look at the you look you look back twenty years ago at, at college leagues, and uh, they're a lot different than they are now, too. So, absolutely. I mean, you know, Cincinnati down the AAC was part of the Big East. Now Xavier's in the Big East, and that's right. that's probably the craziest conference shift um, we've seen as of late. Yep. No doubt. Well, even the pack out there out West, they kind of shifted some things around and the big 12 shifted some things around with Nebraska leaving and going into the, 
going into the the Big Ten and Rutgers leaving and Maryland leaving the ACC. So I guess it's just one of those things where everybody gets bored after so many years and decides they want to try something different, I guess. I don't know. Like I mentioned, you cover a great scope of schools and sports, but are there any sports or teams that you want to cover in the future for Chatterbox Sports? Yeah, I mean, I just let the cat out of the bag, I guess, on that question a little soon. But, I, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 GCL South one that I think that we obviously should be a part of as, as long as we continue to do a good job and we get bigger. Uh, but I think I think the main focus for me is, and, and for us is, is to do a good job for where we're at now Mm-hmm. But as soon as I feel like we got a good stranglehold on that, um, which hopefully will be soon, I, I would I, I, I fully expect us to try to make a plea up to the G Walk in, in 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 that area. And I say G Walk, but maybe just I should say Dayton. Um, mm-hmm. Your Alters, your Trotwood Madisons, um, you know, and obviously all of your G Walk schools, whether it be Centerville, Hebrew, Miamisburg. Northmont, uh, I know I'm going to forget a bunch of Kettering and 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 so forth. Um, all of those schools, Beaver Creek, Springboro, all of those schools. Obviously, we want we would we want to cover um, and do a good job of. So I think from there we got to figure out on our end what our model looks like with that. Is it mm-hmm. do we try to find someone that literally will run that for us or with us? Um, do we continue to call it Chatterbox? That's something I've actually wrestled with a lot in my head is I do think high school sports is very regionalized. It's very, it's very local. Um, you know, max preps, no offense, but you know, it's a shotgun approach and, and it's obviously mm-hmm. what it's normal. They got to end at the very beginning of this, but honestly, who goes, who goes to max preps to read news articles or find content? Cause no one really cares about high school sports outside of maybe a 40, 50 mile radius mm-hmm. of where they live. Um, Certainly, they don't care across state lines. So, I've thought about the idea of instead of it being called Chatterbox Sports in in, in Dayton, it's called something different. But we have the exact same model, we have the exact same platform, and we obviously intertwine with each other. But that way, when people go in Dayton to go somewhere specific, they're they're getting nothing but Dayton sports. So, um, but that's something I've wrestled wrestled with a lot. So I I, I guess um. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do with that yet or what we're going to do with that yet, but um, but I think Dayton's the next place we're going for sure. And like I mentioned, you know, us Daytonians, we'd welcome that just because there, there are a lot of great sports up here and Southwest Ohio, you know, from Cincinnati, Dayton onwards, it's, it's chock full of great action. No matter what you're looking for, no matter what school, there's always something good. Um, the, the only thing I might say is uh, I'll bring up my alma mater in Valley View. I think that'd be a terrific school to cover just because, you know, the football team, they, I mean, in the 90s, they were pretty big. Germantown, right? Yeah. Germantown. Farmersville, Germantown. Yeah, Germantown, baby. I'm uh, very familiar with Valley View. I've been there a few times I, when I worked at Sinclair. I would, I would be out there at uh, Valley View. Now, Valley View kind of had like a, a, a different type of, uh, I should know this, are they uh what kind of what kind of uh I, I, they're not the devils are they nope spartans spartans all right all right the football teams had those navy helmets uh since pretty much the beginning of valley view i'm sure but yeah. no, i mean high school's out in the middle of nowhere but yeah great football program barker field I still can't believe it's turf now. That's that's still the weirdest thing for me because when I went to school there, it was natural grass. Now it's turf. It's like, yeah, where did where like, that come from? Seems like everybody has gone to the old turf surface for 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 many reasons. I know, but uh, 
quick fun fun fact with Valley View. Not that I want to bore your listeners, but uh, I I actually was at a breakfast one time at Valley View mm-hmm. when you guys and I say you guys as in Valley View when you guys had your walk senior walk in or whatever it may be where you guys rode whatever the heck you wanted to ride in and uh, <laughs> and uh, I was there for that lunch. That's one thing I do remember from Valley View. I I feel like. When it was uh, my senior year, there was a day where everyone brought in their tractors. Like, yep, that's um, that's us. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah, I think Valley View would be nice, and that's good programs there. I mean, if you look at the Southwestern Buckeye League, you also got Middletown Madison at the upper cusp of Butler County. Uh, Preble Shawnee's up there. I mean, uh, where I'm from, Preble County. I mean, we like our sports, but there's. There's one paper I know that covers it in Register Herald, and that's kind of it. All right. Well, you, you're selling me. I hear you. I mean, if, if you've never been to Eaton's football field, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. They did a nice job. Although it is sad, historically, their Park Avenue field, that was really cool. I mean, good luck finding the parking spot down there. But uh, natural grass field in the middle of the neighborhood, I mean, it, it was great. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for where I'm from, West Alexandria, we got Twin Valley South. That's a good field. Uh, I think one of the few natural grass fields you can find. Uh, great, fo- uh, not football, sorry. Uh, great basketball program led by longtime head coach Tony Osberger. He retired, and now the court's named after him. He's He was there from the late 80s onwards until last year. Um, yeah, I, I can talk your ear off about well, where I'm from and wealth, everything. Wealth, wealth of knowledge up there, up there in uh, – um, we'll call it the sticks because that's just what I'm going to call it. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm from Preble County, so you know, sure, I got I got to spread my love for West Alex because you know, most people in Dayton don't know where West Alexandria is. Like, where's that from? Is that are you in Indiana or something? Like, no, we're in Ohio. That's right. It's well, like close to Indiana, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about a uh, 30, 45 minute drive to Richmond, but. I mean, it's like, come on, we're in Ohio. I mean, we had, um, not like this is good, but uh, Twin Valley South in the 2000s had a 35-game losing streak in football. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting that's way okay. ahead. The 35-game the, the losing streak sounds familiar in Hamilton. But although it wasn't 35, there was a lot of losing in Hamilton. And I think that's starting to change. So that's good. But I mean, I feel your pain. I mean, last year it looked very promising for the Big Blue. Um, I, I think uh, the only way to go for Hamilton is up. Sure. Well, when you're towards the bottom there for a while, there is only one way to go. That's up. And and, yeah. and I think that uh, last year was a good step in the right direction. And we'll see. What's funny when you start to cover sports, though, mm-hmm. um, high school sports like we have, you know, you uh, of course I'm from Hamilton. I, I went to Hamilton. Of, of course you have a little bit of a – uh, of, of an interest within, within your alma mater. But, mm. you know, I've, I've grown to, I've grown to not only one like and enjoy some of the other schools, but, but, uh, but, but actually obviously root for them once it gets in the tournament. And, uh, you know, and those are even rivals, you know, your, your fair fields, if you will. Now I, I genuinely like to see them have success just because uh, I know the people over there and same with Middletown and things of that nature. When as before, before you know the people, right? Uh, it's easy to it's easy to not like them and and, and, and root against them. So, um, so yeah, covering high school sports has kind of changed my perspective on fandom. That's for sure. You know, it's funny. It's like that uh, Family Guy quote. Um, 
boo, you are villains because you live in a different part of the state than I do or something like that. Um, yeah. It's funny how that changes when you cover sports because for me, I just want to see Southwest Ohio do well and you know, I want to see them battle hard in the state and pick up some state titles. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I do on my podcast. I cover them all and talk about a little bit of them. And, you know, I want to see Southwest Ohio do well. Nothing against the other parts of the state, but, you know, Southwest Ohio is my, uh, my backyard. It's where I'm from. So that's uh, right. You know. So let's yeah, get b- makes sense. So let's get back to you and Chatterbox Sports. What's some of the most rewarding points of building this program up? I just, I mean, the most rewarding parts is just seeing your success. Um, not only as a company, but just seeing it, seeing, seeing it through, 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 I don't want to say the kids eyes or, or, or really even maybe the, the, the community's eyes, but yeah, there, there's prideful moments that exist when you realize that if it wasn't for you, they either wouldn't have the ability to reflect back on those memories or you wouldn't have created memories for them. Um, case in point, when we went and did the tournament last year, I think from, from a basketball perspective, um, you know, we, we, we got the ability to live stream the regional semifinals just because of a weird situation with the coronavirus. And they, they, they eliminated fans, but said that we could go. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many, uh, how many other people were live streaming there, but you know, we had roughly right around 15,000 people wow. uh, that tuned into our platform over the two games. And, um, you know, it, the, <laughs> to think that we launched in July, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to be sitting there in CentOS center all alone by yourself, mm-hmm. live streaming stuff with, with equipment that you barely could afford when you started, um, you kind of have to pinch yourself for there really quickly and, and realize, you know, there's been a lot of hard work, but yeah, we got a little lucky here. And, and I think that was a really, really, really rewarding moment. Um, just simply because without us, what would have happened? You know, who, who watches that basketball game without chatterbox sports? Um, maybe they'd listen to it on the radio, but they're not watching the game. So mm. I don't, um, I don't, I don't look at us as being like, you know, oh, we're, we're God's gift to earth because we're not. But I do think that sometimes it's like, you know, hey, we kind of not only have an, owe it to ourselves to continue to try to do a great job, but I think we owe it to people that enjoy high school sports because as, as we grow and as we get bigger, I feel like we can kind of become that ESPN-ish type place to turn to if you need to watch a game that you're not able to make. Um, and hopefully our, our content on the back end of that will start to become great as well to where we're not just a live streaming company, but people will turn to us for, for podcasts and articles and things of that nature as we, as we grow. So yeah, I guess to answer your question, that's that, those are the prideful moments, I guess, if you will, when, when, when our, within our business, you're giving a valuable service to the folks that can't be there. And because, you know, coronavirus pretty much put a boot on all the fans being able to watch, you know, that's, that's something to be proud of. And I, I, since you guys were born, I've watched from afar and I've, you know, I've been impressed and I I love seeing, you know, you guys grow like this. So, you know, you definitely got a fan up here in uh, the Dayton, Ohio area. That's right. Well, when we start to move that way, then, then we'll have to, we'll have to uh, want to continue to work on that fandom of yours. Sounds good. 
Uh, now tell me some games or players that you fondly remember covering in your first year. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sure. give, give me some names, give me some moments and games and, you know, give me your yeah. favorites. I would say quickly in football, um, we did like a game day type show mm-hmm. for the Fairfield Coleraine game that, 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 uh, Blankenship actually brought up who's the athletic director of Fairfield. He gave us that idea. He's like, Hey, why don't you guys do your podcast thing that you do on Fridays at, at on site at the game? Mm. And I said, huh, that sounds like a great idea. Um, why don't we just try to make it like a game day type thing? So on Tuesday, we decided that we were going to do like a game tape type thing on Friday, which is, mm. is kind of wild. Um, but, but that's a memory that I have. A, a cool moment was the Coleraine Fairfield game, two undefeated teams trying to win the league. Obviously, Cole Rain's won the league um, for the past 150 years or whatever it is, and, uh, <laughs> and and Fairfield was was trying to knock them off at their home place. Arguably, I would say they were the favorite, and then obviously McLean, Jatan McLean, uh, big time running back, going to Kentucky for Fairfield. He he went down with an injury, kind of on the second drive of the game, so that kind of was a little bit of a damper. But it ended up being a great game, went to overtime, and uh, that was a that was a memory that I have. Um, I guess from a personal perspective, perhaps another football moment that I remember was um, was perhaps two different games. One was an overtime game, Ross versus versus Baden, the very mm-hmm. first game of the year, um, first game we ever covered, and it was just it was a great football game. And and then um, Hamilton ended up beat, beating Sycamore, um, stopped him on fourth and goal, I believe, or somewhere right around the goal goal line. Um, to pretty much clinch the playoff spot for them. So that's football. Basketball, I got a ton. Mm. Um, I love basketball, like I said before. But I'd say a few moments for basketball was following East all year long, seeing the success they had. Um, unfortunately, as a Dayton guy, they they, ended up, they, they barely uh, squared away and got over Beaver Creek by a point to win the districts. Um, but then the district day was probably the one of the biggest moments or the, one of the proudest moments of Chatterbox. We got to sit down there all day, cover all four games, and got to see East win a district championship who we'd cover all year long. And then you turn that around, and you get to see maybe arguably one of the craziest high school basketball games I've ever witnessed um, between St. X and LaSalle. And, and um, you know, LaSalle basically hit a half-court half shot at the end of the third period to, to kind of give them a little more momentum and cut the lead down to maybe a, a, a couple buckets. And then to turn around and hit another half-court shot to tie the game to force overtime uh, was just remarkable. And then, and then obviously they end up LaSalle ended up completing the comeback. So those are the, those are the moments that I remember throughout the high school season that were that were quite quite memorable. And and I hope, like I said, we get to do it again. I don't remember if I asked this question or not, but is there any other high school sport that you'd like to cover? Uh, you mentioned football, basketball. I'm not sure yeah. if yeah. you all get a chance with baseball, softball, but uh, any other sport you'd like to try? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we got the coronavirus shut us down for the spring. We we had we had big plans to do to do some baseball, softball stuff this year. We're going to do a lot of things. I think we're going to cover pretty much every sport there is, um, and uh, I think people will be impressed with with what we have going on this year. Uh, not to not to say that. It, that um, it's a secret, but you know, I, we tentatively have plans right now to do six <clears throat> live streaming Friday night football games um, uh, every Friday. So six broadcasts every Friday, and then 
and then from there, I I, I, I want to say we're going to do about right around 250 broadcasts for for the three seasons. Wow. Um, so that gives you a little bit of an idea. It's it's a lot. Um, so we're pretty much covering a lot of sports, and with our our partner schools, we we pretty much are doing all their home football games, mm. um, a decent amount of their home basketball games, and then from there, we're we're also covering a few um, a, a few Olympic sports, as I'd call them. So maybe it'd be maybe it'd be girls soccer a few games, boys soccer a few games, volleyball a few games, tennis maybe once. But um, I think it's going to be a pretty well rounded operation this year. Definitely love the Olympic sports. I love soccer and I love volleyball. If I, I know it's a big operation, but if you ever get a chance, give Talawanda's hockey team a try. Just because, A, it's my favorite sport to call. Although, really, how many uh, sports do I not like to call? Oh, yeah, I like to call all of them. But uh, great team. Um, and their coaching staff is all Talawanda grads. So, yeah, they uh, they have probably one of the best hockey teams in southwest ohio so and also you get to go where the miami redhawks play too that's their home for hockey so can't beat that yeah i i'll have to i'll have to give west cole a call about that i did not i i did not wasn't aware oh yeah their their hockey team is really good and like i mentioned you get to be in the home of redhawks hockey so uh, especially when they call the game or not call the game, excuse me, when they play the games on the main rink, that that's awesome. I mean, their, their side rink, their ox rink is good too, but it's, you know, right. When you're in this, like the big stage. Yeah. Like that. And I think coach Sens told me, uh, the hockey coach for Talawanda that they were undefeated on the ox rink. So really? yeah, I, I think so. I, I always asked him, Hey, are we playing on the main rink today? No. It's like, Oh, I want to call the games on the main ring, but no, that's, uh, yeah, I, I'd say it's the only hockey team in Butler County, uh, high school hockey team. I mean, so yep. yeah, if, it, if you can, you know, give them a look, see, and yeah, tell uh, coach sends, I say, hi, I will do it. So how has this coronavirus affected you and Chatterbox sports? I I mean, it's similar to the way it's probably affected everybody. I think that, when you when you when you have a, a company name called Chatterbox Sports and then there's no sports, um, what do you do? You know, I I think we just hope and pray that we get fall sports and and at this point we'll we'll take whatever we can get. But um, you know, it's put us in a bind in regards to you know, advertising. Yeah, it's put us in a bind in regards to scheduling. Right now, I'm. I'm I just need a decision out of DeWine and the OHSAA. I, I know it's really not even the OHSAA at this point. It's pretty much just DeWine. Mm-hmm. Need, a, need a decision out of the governor's office of, of what exactly we're going to do for the fall because there's a lot of planning that goes into what we do. And quite frankly, I don't have I don't have uh, the ability just to, within one week or two weeks to decide to be able to roll the carpet out there and say, hey, let's go do this. Um, hopefully, I get a few weeks to be able to know what's going on and, and – uh, you know, if they're going to play football in the fall, then, then then I think it's safe to say that nothing is going to change outside of what we already have had so far for the past, you know, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's still, if you still deem it too dangerous to play football with the statistics that we currently have, then, then I think it's time to start talking about alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, if, 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 if we deem it as, as, as unsafe right now, um, then, then let's go out and just say it. But if we think that it's safe currently, then I think it's safe to say that, hey, let, 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 
let's roll the balls out there and let's play. So, um, obviously, it's not my decision to be made. It's theirs, but but I'm hopefully we can get a verdict one way or the other soon. That leads me to my next question. Do you see sports returning this fall? Tough question, but if you had to really put me up against the wall, I, I don't see football happening. Um, I, I don't see I, – I, I, I don't – I say that as I don't want to put Matt bad mojo out there. Personally, I think they can do it. I, 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 I personally think they can do it. I think that uh, with schools going back in, I don't think the dangers of playing football are going to be that significant versus not playing them. Um, I think that there's some mental health that goes along with all of this as well um, for, for high school kids that I don't think people talk about enough. So I personally am, a, and I am on the side of playing. Um, obviously, I, I know that people say, oh, you're biased because you, know, you have a company that, that, that might benefit from them playing. But I, I just don't see from the data anything that suggests that it's a severe um, worry to, to, to play. Um, but just the way things have gone, I don't know why. I can't really tell you why exactly I feel the way I feel, but I, I just don't. I don't think there's going to be great news coming out. And I think that one thing I do want to get out of here is, is in saying before they announce it for sure is that the idea of these high school football coaches wanting to try to flip the seasons mm-hmm. um, I think is one of the most absurd ideas I've heard in regards to getting the other sports to flip. If yeah. you want to put if you want to put football in the in the spring, I'm all for that. I actually don't mind that at all. I think it's a good idea. But I also think baseball should go off in the spring. I think softball should go off in the spring. I think all the other sports should go off in the spring. And you'll just have to work with the multi sports athletes. You know, you get you have all these coaches that preach, oh, we want multi sports athletes, um, which I agree with. But if that's the case, then you know what? For one year, you got to make an exception for kids and just say, all right, they're not going to be at every practice. They don't have to be at every practice. And, you know, if it's a multi-sport athlete that plays football and baseball, then perhaps they, they're, they're at the baseball games when they're at the baseball games and they're at, you know, they're, that's up to the kid. If they want to go out and try to do both in the same season, they're allowed. If not, they have to pick and choose. That, that's okay, too. But I don't think you can just come in as a football coach and say, hey, we're going to move baseball to the, to the fall when we don't really know what's going to happen in the fall. I mean, it might, it might get really bad again, and then all of a sudden you got to cancel everything. You can't cancel baseball and softball two times in a row because you flipped it to try to say football that hasn't gotten canceled once. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I, I'm hopeful that it uh, doesn't come to be that way, but but uh, put me up against it, I'm going to say football is not going to be played in the fall. I, I think, you know, pushing fall sports to spring for yours truly, I, I announce uh, college soccer for UD and Wright State. And pushing that to spring, where I also have baseball. And, well, I used to have softball, Wright State, but baseball, Wright State, and Dayton. I mean, that's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to know what my spring will look like with sure. all those sports. And I think just doing that to high school that that puts a conundrum where, like you mentioned, what sport is the multi-sport athlete going to play, and is it going to be a plausible thing or? something that can be done just because you know you have so many sports you push soccer volleyball girls tennis to the spring now along with that you got you know golf which is also a fall sport i believe and then you got football in there you got baseball softball track it just 
yeah. having that much sports, that that's tough. It's a lot. I'm not saying it's not a lot, but I think it's doable, and I think that you can get away with just holding. I, I think soccer personally should be played in the fall this year. Um, uh, you know, that's my so my personal opinion would be you 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 run with fall sports outside of football, and the elephant in the room is and I don't, uh, maybe is that football football has to be played for for the for the financial standpoint most likely I, mm. you know and I, I not not to demean all the other sports because obviously I didn't play football so I'm not a really even a big football person um I mean the reality is is that a lot of athletic budgets run off of football and, 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 and it's kind of one of those deals where if that doesn't go to work then you're not going to get all these other bells and whistles that you might want so yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta kind of let dad go to work in order to in order to get all this other stuff that you want and football is the kind of going to work in my, in my analogy here. So if you have to move football to the spring uh, and that's it, mm. then I say you do it. And I say for one year, you know, you know, you just tell the kids that they're, they're, they're able to miss practice if they want to play both sports. Most kids that play football um, don't play baseball. I mean, there might be a few kids. I know track is going to be affected, but you know what? Hey, I know I don't want to sound pessimistic here, but listen, if it's if you have to sacrifice a track season in order to save football, it's kind of one of those things where you probably just have to do something like that just for a year just to make sure that you can save an athletic budget. <clears throat> but people don't really want to talk about money inside of high school sports because it's kind of like this uh, you know, sanctuary type thing where you don't really want to get into that. But hey, mm. I think that I think that, that is a realistic thing you have to talk about. You can't you, you can't suggest that high school sports would survive without the, without football. So, um, so we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm hopeful none of that even occurs, but I, I have a hard time seeing football being played in the fall. Big thing is it, I, I mean, yes, those are kids, but it's a business and you know, football is the big sport that brings in the most bucks. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally well, it just supports that. it just supports the other programs. I'm not saying that the schools are making a bunch of money and they're billionaires from it. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. But you know, when when the when the <laughs> I'll even use baseball because obviously a baseball guy. I mean, when the baseball team's traveling on buses throughout the throughout the entire season and going here and there, and you're paying umpires and you're doing all those things, like most likely football's paying for those bus trips. I mean, people won't think about that, but that's the facts. So, Trace, let's we'll get. Let's get into some of the happier sides of sports. What's some of your favorite things about sports around Hamilton and locally in Southwest Ohio? Um, I think sports, sports in general, just provide an avenue of of of, of entertainment. To be honest, um, and I think from from the standpoint around here locally, I think for the most part, the only sports I watch are the Reds, and and um, obviously I watch the NFL a little bit, but. Hey, the vast majority of what I do is my business in Chatterbox. So if it's on Chatterbox, then I'm watching or I'm paying attention to it. If it's not, there's a good chance I'm not. So um, so I guess just to answer your question quickly and easily, um, the, the the things around Southwest Ohio that are going on are, are really just the waiting game of, of, of can somebody can somebody knock off uh, Cole Rain in the GMC and and – and then from there, we'll, uh, you know, we'll Bolden make another step forward at West. There's a question that I have in my mind. Well, uh, you know, I guess the other thing would just be, will, 
will there be any new new emergers in, 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 in high school basketball around here that are going to challenge Moeller? Um, you know, those are the types of things that, that obviously come to my mind when it comes to sports out down here. Fairfield had that great shot, too. I mean, if we do have a season, I'd like to see Colerain-Fairfield round two. But um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Witten Woods, A, does in the Eastern Cincinnati Conference since being an independent for all those years, and sure. B, if that helps or hurts them trying to get in the playoffs because at least they have a conference schedule and they can probably fill 10 games like so. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Whitten Woods is going to have too big of an issue. Um, we'll see what happens, but 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 uh, last year it was quite quite amazing that they didn't make the playoffs. Obviously for scheduling reasons, but did make the playoffs when uh, when when arguably they would have won the state championship. Um, but but uh, that's just how it goes, I guess. That's the way the points crunch up. So yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you: What would you like to see in the future for sports and media around the area? I, I I mean, really, I'd like to see. Um, I don't really put much thought into in, in, into it as a landscape hole. I, I mean, I look at it literally everything just from our our, our side of things with Chatterbox. I, mm. I I hope we get to where you know we we have a, an official partner with the partnership with the OHSA at some point to allow to allow us to get to where we, we can start doing some 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 postseason games that, that perhaps aren't later in the tournaments where your spectrums would, would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, but I, I just hope it continues to go more. Um, it, it continues to get covered more because honestly, traditional legacy media um, has kind of decided they don't know how to monetize local high school sports. Therefore, that's why you kind of don't see high school sports being covered maybe the way you used to. Um, it's simply because the traditional media does not know how to monetize it or they don't want to monetize it or, perhaps they don't think that it's worth um, investing in. So, you know, for us, I guess, is we don't rely on the traditional media approach and we're hopeful that the way that we're going to do things will, will make it not only where to where it makes sense. Um, and it's something where we love to do it, but also where uh, we're able to monetize it and, and, and the viewers and, and the high school sports fans will, will have a place to be able to find what they want. And that's, uh, that's through the things that we plan to do. So, We'll see. It's 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 all a guessing game at this point. Now, Chatterbox Sports has live streams, but also a lot of articles published. So this is a two-sided question for those that want yeah. to become a broadcaster or a sports writer. What advice right. can you share? Do it. That's my that's my advice. Do it. I don't think you need a platform anymore in order to be able to do things. I think some people think they got to wait until they get a job. They got to wait until they're a they're going to get their, their big, their big, their big break or their opportunity, you know, very much like yourself, you go out and do it. There's platforms out there that allow you to do things that you never would have had the chance to before. Um, whether it be YouTube, whether it be, you know, doing podcasts and having places like Spotify and, and pod, you know, Apple, Apple, um, podcasts to be able to put your, put your stuff out on, um, social media has been a big, a big influence in regards to being able to get your content out there and having people see what you do. You don't really have to be told by someone else that you're good enough to do something anymore. You can kind of do it yourself, and that's kind of the beauty with what we've done and the beauty with really um, with anybody that's aspiring to do something, go out and do it. You know, I, I'm i not saying we're the only place to do it, but if someone wants to try to try their hand at broadcasting and wants a platform where there's thousands of people that are going to be listening, then there's a good chance we have somewhere 
to where you can have an opportunity to do that. And if you do a good job and you can get him to get better, then your role will get bigger and better. And whether or not we get big enough to offer full-time jobs, or maybe there's someone else that has an opening that's, that's obviously heard you on our platforms. And then there's an opportunity that, that you can go there when, when that opportunity arises. So I think it's just a matter of, of doing it. So don't sit back and wait for a chance or say, Oh, I no one ever really told me, you know, I didn't get the job or whatever it is. Just cre- create, create the job, create your success is what I would say to that. And you're absolutely right. There's so many platforms. I mean, who'd have thought that when YouTube launched that, Hey, we're going to stream sports on this one day. I mean, that's why I do for hockey seasons. Like I'm, I'm still baffled by the fact that, we're streaming on YouTube, which is normally just a place where videos where cats are playing the piano. Now I'm talking, right. I'm streaming sports on it. So, yeah, there's definitely a platform for everything. Uh, social media definitely helps spread the word, that type of thing. And, you know, for, you know, broadcasters too, I mean, it's easier to keep a hold of a demo and update it, you know, just exactly. because everything's digital and you don't have to worry about sending disc or anything like that. It's, you know, if you have your own website, you have a home for all your platforms and everything. hundred percent. You got it. If people out there want to work for chatterbox sports, how do they get a hold of you or someone that helps hire? Uh, just DM, DM us or you can send us an email. Uh, DM us on Twitter uh, at Cbox sports, C B O X sports. Um, or you can, you can always email just the, the general inbox that we check, which is uh, contact at chatterboxsports.com. Um, I think, I think for the most part, you know, we also search for talent as, uh, you probably know, we, we, we send DMS out to people. We're looking for people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're always trying to find people that, that are interested in high school sports or have, have a passion for it because we feel like our platform will continue to grow and, and, we have an entrepreneurial spirit within our company, which is, you know, when you come on, you're not going to get bossed around. You're not going to get told what to do and you're going to allow, there's a, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility with, with using our platform. So, um, so yeah, it's just a matter of, uh, if you have an interest, just reach out to us and, and say hi to us at a game. If we're at a game, whatever it is, there's a good chance that if you reach out, we're going to give you an opportunity or at least we'll listen to what you have to say. Trace, thank you so much for your time today, and happy first birthday to Chatterbox Sports. Looking forward to seeing what you all do in the future. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and and best of luck to you. And I know that I'm sure that we'll see each other again at some point here in the near future with with either crossing paths or or doing things together and whatever it may be. But, uh, But like I said, I appreciate you thinking of me and reaching out. Not a problem, Trace. Again, thanks for your time, and that will do it for episode 173 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you again for episode 174. for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N.com then click on podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way to catch new episodes of this podcast, such as on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Pandora, and many more platforms. Follow along on social media by liking the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and follow along on Twitter at SindayPod and the Lee W. Mowen. Feel free to send in future questions for Mowen's Mailbag on Twitter or Facebook. The closing theme was created with the Splash app, available for free on Google Play and the App Store. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Let's talk local Cincinnati and Dayton sports again on the next episode.